Yosemite Valley, California, present day. I'm walking with my recorder along a wooded path with a long-bearded man wearing period clothing circa 1890. He's wearing a tweed coat, a wool vest with a red pocket square, and a wide-brimmed hat. Ahead of us is Yosemite Falls, a massive flowage of water running white and fast, churning with melted snow from the high country upstream. The man describes a fanciful vision of what we see. Can you imagine, can you imagine if, in the midst of its headlong descent, with all of that whirling fairy springtime spray and those rushing comet tails, that the fall was suddenly frozen solid and then carried bodily out into the middle of the valley where we might go around it and see it from all sides. In the sunshine, oh, what a show this would make. A colossal white pillar, half a mile tall, adorned with airy flowing drapery and as if chiseled out of white marble. Who better with whom to tour one of America's greatest national parks than with the man himself, John Muir. As if transported back in time, I had a rare opportunity to get his impressions of Yosemite Valley today. Oh, well, take a look about you. Look at these high granite walls and, and lying about 5,000 feet above sea level with, with all the plant people and the fellow mortals that this good planet provides in this particular place. Makes it a very sacred place indeed. It's a true temple, a temple that I think people need to thrive in and, and, and those who visit it nowadays who have an opportunity to because it's been preserved so long and so carefully by so many. It is a great pleasure indeed to have it remain for all of us for our own health and vigor. Our national parks began as an idea. They're monuments to the notion that all people, no matter their degree of wealth, social status, race, or ethnicity, have a fundamental right to commune with the natural world and receive the life-affirming benefits of wild and scenic places. Today we visit Yosemite and talk to historian and actor Lee Stetson, who in the voice of John Muir explains why our national parks are indeed America's best idea. I'm James Mills, and you're listening to The Joy Trip Project. What was it like here when the Park Service created this national park? Why was it important to be able to establish a place like this? Well, it was, it was pretty clear to me after I'd been here for a short spell that the park was endangered by all kinds of abuses, including the timber people and the sheep people who were taking sheep into the high country and devastating the meadows there, etc. And so uh, looking at all of the dangers that this beautiful country and its, its great resources were facing, I, I thought it important to establish a national park which would preserve it. And, and astonishingly enough, within one year of actually advocating that, and uh, with the help of a good friend uh, in the publishing business, we managed to drum up enough support in the Congress to actually pass legislation. Within one year, from 1889 to 1890, when the park was actually established. Now, it involved only the watershed areas of the Tuolumne River here and the and the uh, and the Merced River here in this canyon, but. 
Unfortunately, the, the state of California had opted for itself, the valley itself, and the Mariposa Grove of big trees. And it took many, many more years in persuading President Roosevelt many years later to return the valley to the federal government, a very necessary thing because early entrepreneurs here had not only staked out different parts of the valley, but every meadow was uh, fenced and all the flower people were being trampled by cattle and horses. The, the dust in the valley was just uh, abominable from the many horses that were traversing it. There was a pig farm at the end of the uh, half dome here, the stench of which would float to the tops of these walls in a rising wind. Tin cans and other rubbish just lay about for all to see as if it were precious silverware exposed for sale. And so it was a very shabby place indeed, liquor saloons and lumber yards and the like. It very clearly needed to be part of the national park system. And it was totally surrounded by a national park to, as well. And so finally President Roosevelt was persuaded by me jabbing in his ear a great deal up on Glacier Point over there to finally enact legislation that would make this part of our national park. You are indeed Lee Stetson. I am. And you're actually a John Muir historian. Well, uh, I suppose I am, yes. <laughs> what is it about John Muir and the story of his legacy in this park that enticed you to decide to devote a good portion of your life to telling his story? Well, you know, I, I'd encountered Muir when I was, oh, in my early 40s as a significant person. I sort of missed him. I was an East Coast person, and Thoreau was my wilderness person, I suppose. But when I was living in Los Angeles for a spell, I started to play in the Sierra Nevada, and a friend of mine offered me a, a book based on the life of this strange fellow named John Muir. I knew something about him, but vaguely had an idea of him being an old man walking around in the woods, I suppose. But I quickly found, by a means of a biography, that not only was he uh, the father of the National Parks, the founder of a Sierra Club, and, and created a many other great advances in biology and, and botany, but in addition, his uh, incredible adventures in this park and many other uh, wild places all over North America were compelling. But perhaps more so than anything else, the tremendous poetry and, and incredible truth of his words were what persuaded me that he would be a character interesting to work upon and, and eventually portray as, a, as an actor. In your appearance, you look just like I would imagine John Muir would have well, appeared. Well, he, he had a little more hair on top of his head, unfortunately, than I do nowadays. But, uh, yeah, in other respects, uh, it seems that if I keep a hat on, most people would be uh, inclined to identify me as a, a Muir lookalike, more or less. Now, I asked you this question in the role of John Muir. I'll ask you personally. Why is his story important for people to understand and appreciate in our modern times? Largely because history is the only place we can go to find out the origins of valid reasons why we choose to do one thing as opposed to another. And to have made the parks accessible to every American is an astonishingly democratic and, and solely an American idea. Now, it's spread elsewhere over the great many decades, of course, that we've been at it. And many countries now have national park entities. But it was a concept that was bred here and came from our democratic roots. And there's no question that we'll uh, always have that as a foundation of 
part of our American experience and not to be able to visit the roots of that and to understand how we came to that uh, would be a devastating thing because should we forget we would soon be on the brink of losing our national parks. In late September, Lee Stetson appears as the voice and image of John Muir in the upcoming PBS television documentary film series, The National Parks, America's Best Idea, by Ken Burns. To find out when the series will air in your community, visit pbs.org forward slash Ken Burns. For The Joy Trip Project, this is James Mills. The Joy Trip Project is a production of the Outdoor Professional Incorporated, James Mills producer. Our music was provided by the Conductive Alliance. Find a link to their website on ours at joytripproject.com. This podcast comes to you thanks to the generous support of the Outdoor Foundation, dedicated to inspire and grow future generations of outdoor enthusiasts. You can support this podcast and other non-commercial productions in new media through a charitable contribution of any amount. Just make a pledge by email to info at outdoorfoundation.org and tell them it's for the Joy Trip Project. Thanks for listening, but we want to hear from you. Write to info at joytripproject.com. Send us your comments and suggestions. Post your pictures and videos to our Facebook fan page. Share your stories of outdoor adventure, environmental conservation, and practices of sustainable living. You just might inspire our next Joy Trip together. But most of all, don't forget to tell your friends. And coming up left to its own devices, the really special places would ultimately be monopolized by people who have the money. If there weren't national parks, this beautiful, exquisite valley would be a gated community. If it weren't for national parks, the rim of the Grand Canyon would be lined with McMansions. The other half of the Ken Burns production team is writer and co-producer Dayton Duncan. He wrote most of the copy and set many of the scenes for the upcoming documentary film series, The National Parks, America's Best Idea. We'll talk to Duncan and get his take on the 58 parks he visited over 10 years in the production of this film, next time on The Joy Trip Project. Mm -hmm.